I'm way past my sell-by date, and I'm on precious borrowed time. I should have gone down a long time ago. Lots of days I wish I had. The first two weeks of December I was dry, gearing up. I knew I'd never get through the whole fiasco sober, so was putting in time for good behaviour. It's just another delusion that alcoholics practice. These lies are nearly as vital as the alcohol. You hug them as close as prayer— and they are twice as heartfelt. The constant rain and the feckin' cold, it permeates your bones. Along the way I'd been seriously addicted to cocaine, but was even refraining from that. So I had the chills and shakes and, of course, a major dose of them blues. I was living again in Bailey's Hotel, located near the tourist office. It's not easy to find and survives against the odds. Owned by a widow in her eighties. For some reason, she has affection for me and continues to keep a room for me despite my worst excesses. She is under the impression I helped her out once, and if I did, I've forgotten how or even when. I'm grateful she doesn't judge me. Perhaps it's that we are both of that endangered species. Old Galway. And our time is truly limited. When we go, the hotel will be converted to luxury apartments, and some yuppie will tread on the bones of our deluded selves. Her staff consists mainly of Janet, a woman as old as herself, who is potwalloper, maid, conscience, cleaner, and as religious a woman as I've ever met. Because I read so many books, Janet thinks I'm somebody. This is an old Irish notion that, alas, fools fewer and fewer people— I had a calendar on the wall. The sacred heart was on the front, and the days were marked with pithy sayings to uplift your day. I can't say that much uplifted mine. In red, the eighteenth stood out like a beacon. It's my father's birthday. That was the day I'd drink again. Just knowing the very time when I'd lift a glass got me through so many other impossible hours. I'd planned well— had four bottles of black bushmills, twenty-four pint cans of Guinness, and an ounce of Coke. I kid you not, this was just for openers. And, for the lockdown days of Christmas, I thought it was a fairly decent plan. The day came and I lashed in with a vengeance, managed a week till I got a blackout, and ended back in hospital. They were not pleased to see me and read me a minor riot act. Their hearts weren't in it as they knew I'd drink again. Mid-January, I was back in Bailey's, trying to ration my drinking, abstaining from coke and suffering a depression like the depths of hell. Sitting on the edge of my bed, I was running some lines of Anne Kennedy in my head. Burial Instructions These lines. You might know the spot, because that's where they placed Marilyn's ashes, in a pale marble crypt looking across at our family. Go figure. I can't. There's a pub in Ballam that's exclusively for the insane, about a hundred yards from a bingo hall, which is appropriate. Even the staff are seriously deranged. When I was hurting, which was often, I'd go there and blend. You always met someone who knew hell from the inside— Shortly after my marriage, I'd gone there, ordered a pint and a whiskey, considered my future— the guy next to me was dropping soluble aspirin into a pint of mild. I didn't ask. He said, You're dying to ask.
took a look at him, a tattoo on his neck that was either an anchor or a swastika, a scar that ran from his left eyebrow to his upper lip. As often is, he had gentle eyes. Sure, there was lunacy, but you can't preserve that gentleness with sanity. I said, well, if you want to tell me. Nice neutral territory. He savoured my answer, then stops the hangovers. Right. Then, also very carefully, he slid the glass to his left and shouted up a pint of bitter. He said, The trick is not to drink it. For that day and precious few others, I was wearing the wedding band, bright and glowing. In that place it reeked of another country. He fastened on the glow, said, You're married? Yeah. You know the best thing about that? No. They can't call you queer. I had recently got my...